He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Wednesday. It is the Wednesday midweek edition of the Best Stocks Now show with uh, professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, and I'm here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst. We've got a down day so far uh, in the market. Uh, yesterday we had uh, a down day in the Dow, but the uh, the, the ultra-growth, uh, aggressive growth stocks had a pretty good day, the so-called momentum stocks. Uh, the NASDAQ was actually up yesterday, but not today. The Dow's down 152, 33,936, so that works out. Uh, the Dow is down 45 basis points. The NASDAQ is down 48 basis points. Uh, it's down 57 to 11,903, and the S&P about the same. It's down 45 basis points, uh, now sits at 4,117. Uh, small caps down about the same. Seems to be a pretty uniform move. No favoritism being shown here today yet. Crude oil is down a dollar ten, seventy-seven ninety-six. Gold gets no love as the dollar continues to rise. Gold's down twenty-one dollars per ounce to eighteen forty-four. Silver's down thirty-seven cents. The ten-year is at three point seven seven. But wait till you hear what the gap is between the two-year and the ten-year. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, and Bitcoin is up 486. There's some green, 22,711. So welcome to today's The Best Stocks Now show uh, with uh, professional money manager Bill Gunderson of Gunderson Capital Management and Barry Kite, also of Gunderson Capital Management, our chartered financial analyst. And uh, Barry, uh, this, this day today kind of began with yesterday when the CPI report came out. And uh, the market was all over the map yesterday. But, look, I'm a guy that goes underneath the surface of the market every single day. And I look at a lot of individual stocks. I saw an outstanding day yesterday in the uh, ultra-growth stocks. The, the, the NASDAQ and even, uh, you know, the next tier down, the kind of a frontier-type stocks. So, for whatever reason, the... Uh, you know the the risk on stocks did very well yesterday after that CPI report came in, which is a sign to me that the the growth stock market believes that the Fed will be done, three more hikes. You're at five point two five, and then done. Uh, the Dow, on the other hand, was down yesterday. Now today. And I thought the market would react favorably to this, but it isn't. Why? The retail sales report came in red hot, Barry. Yeah, I think you know. I think I want to say it's like one of the hottest in history, at least certainly maybe over uh, expectations. But yeah, I mean, it's you know the, the market is certainly you know this word we continue to hear data dependent, and in doing so, right, it's going to be. Uh, kind of uh, equate it more to you know indigestion, right? Where you know there's going to be a number that comes in that the you know market loves, right? Uh, you know they feel you feel great, and then all of a sudden, right, another number comes in, and you know you feel a little you know, 
rumble in the stomach and got to go for the rollades or uh, you know or, or, or tums here. But um, on the numbers, I mean, you know, interesting thing on the on the you know, uh, yield side is that the you know two year rate on. We lose Barry. Yeah, yeah. We're, oh, uh, sorry, yep. Yeah, we almost touched four, uh, you know, four point seven percent. That's unbelievable. Uh, which, is, which is the highest this year, and then also the six month T bill went uh, through five percent today, which is the highest in, I think it's the highest since two thousand seven. So sell everything and buy T bills. Well, and that's your inversion, right? The, yes. the problem is in six months, right? You got to figure out what to do with the money, right? That's the reinvestment risk, and of course, if if rates are you know at four and a half in six months, right? Uh, well, then you were getting five, and now you're rolling that over, say, to, to four and a half or a lower number. But it's um, very interesting on the short end of the uh, of the curve. Well, the I was shocked. You know, I, I tracked that uh, <clears throat> the gap between the two-year and the 10-year every day, and it hit yesterday. It hit 89 basis points. The, the difference, that's the inversion. That means we have a negative inverted yield curve where these two-year bonds are giving you 90 basis points more than a 10-year bond. What is the bond market telling us? What is it expecting? Well, and it's expecting, I mean, it's really, I mean, obviously it's expecting lower rates into the future, right? And, of course, uh, you know, from, so from where we're at now, um, and historically, right, the neutral, you know, quote unquote neutral rate, at least for the last, you know, say pre 0809 was, you know, really around that kind of three and a quarter to four and a quarter range, right? And so, you know, if you take that historically, we're, we're, we're above that. And let's say we get to five and a, five and a quarter. I think some folks are seen recently pricing in five and a half. We had that one report of those folks pricing in six percent. Uh, you know, Jamie last Diamond, week. that's I think. a little, uh, that may be a little excessive, but, you know, we could still stay at 5.25 for, an extended period of time, right? And it's still going to have the same, uh, you know, very, very similar effect in terms of uh, dampening demand. But, um, you know, you mentioned that service and services inflation component is, is, is a tricky piece. And you've seen some reports, what I think, uh, you know, it was an Airbnb had a, had a pretty good report. I don't know if they're up now, but they were uh, excellent they were report up, up earlier. But, you know, those things you hear about, you know, travel. TripAdvisor had an excellent report. <laughs> Yep, you had that. I believe today too. You had the uh, the the, the you know, demand for oil. I think got ticked back up uh, five hundred thousand barrels a, a day. Yes. Uh, so, and of course, oddly enough, oil hasn't really reacted that to that today. But it's uh, it, certainly, I think, with a bunch of data coming out, you're going to have these kind of fits and starts where the market's trying to determine you know which way uh, you know what it means, and sometimes it doesn't mean anything. It's just an anomaly, or you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, isn't it safe to say that the bond market thinks we're going to go into a big recession? Now, I would say, you know, certainly, you know, that steep of a, you know, usually you talk about a steep yield curve, that inverted of a yield curve is is something you, you, know, you don't see very often and usually is accompanied with some form of recession. Right. Now, I think, personally, I think I like that word anomaly. I don't think we're going to go into. If we do, it would be very, very mild. And I think the market's going to continue to look beyond these rate hikes. It sees the end of them, hopefully. 
two what is it two more meetings with two more meetings get us to 5.25 i forget where we're yeah, at I right think, now uh, i think two more meetings gets us to i want to say two more meetings gets us to, to that and it's always the range right the five i think to the five to 5.25 range if i'm not mistaken yeah okay so now the retail sales come in three percent in january it's all i know look i go around uh you know to restaurants around town and i go uh, to the mall and I see packages on my doorstep from Amazon. The consumer seems to be doing fine. Retail sales continue to uh, do fine. Uh, the uh, auto category, very strong. But, you know, I read that people are being pushed into used cars because they can't afford new cars. And then you throw on another twenty or 30000 for an electric vehicle. And uh, the article in Bloomberg actually said that cars are now being priced for the rich, <laughs> for, for the wealthy. And uh, the uh, lower class people are having to go for used cars. So I don't know if that's what they wanted as the outcome, but that seems to be uh, where we're going right now. Furniture and home furnishings, uh, 4.4% month-over-month increase uh, in sales. Restaurant spending, there you go. See, Gunderson's a pretty good observer of, uh, of life and what goes on. I've always been an observer. Okay, Restaurant spending was up 7.2% month over month. Man, that's all you got to do is go downtown to Hall's Chop House or one of these other. You can't even well, it, get into some of these restaurants. Yeah, it, it, it helps being uh, it helps being in a town that's pretty heavy on the food and uh, food and bev uh, side of things. But yeah, I mean, you came in, and that's the thing with the retail sales. I mean, it came in at a three percent number. You know, put that in context with the you know minus one point one percent that we had you know last month, and so. Uh, you know, kind of shows you there, like the you know, kind of that quote unquote no landing scenario, right? Where essentially, you know, we we kind of you know, kind of not too hot, not too cold, and and you know, market and and, and you know, consumer and the economy um, you know, continues uh, continues along a path, even if it's slower growth, it's still uh, it's still on the upward trend. Yes. Okay. Restaurant spending up twenty five point two percent year over year. Chains like Portillos. Uh, which is famous for their Chicago dogs, Red Robin Gourmet. I don't eat Italian know. beef sandwich too. But. Yes, Wingstop, uh, Chipotle, Shake Shack, Potbelly. Yeah, you know when's lunch? It's coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, got a that's Chipotle been story very strong. <laughs> and of course, uh, online spending uh, <laughs> continues to do well. Also, so the consumer seems to. There's no sign of recession if you look at the labor market. And if you look at the consumer, and to me, those are the two biggest indicators. If we were headed into recession, you'd see a much uh, softer labor market and, and a softer consumer, but we're not seeing that. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about as usual. Europe, uh, monetary policy, uh, shake up at the Fed. We'll be right back. Back here to the uh, second quarter of today's Best Stocks Now show. I've looked at uh, a pretty good sampling of stocks here, uh, individual stocks. That's underneath the surface of the market. I don't see anything here that worries me. 
whatsoever. You know, markets don't go up every day. They do have down days from time to time. And uh, when I look at those individual stocks underneath the surface, they look pretty damn healthy to me. I'm just telling you. Okay, so now, uh, you know, European inflation is a little bit ahead of us. I saw that the U.K. uh, number came in at 10.1%, but it's cooling, okay? But, man, it's stubborn, huh? Europe is really having a hard time. I guess it's mostly that energy uh, element. Uh, Well, and they've always had labor issues, you know, I mean, just in terms of, you know, cost of labor is more expensive. They've had a, you know, an, an aging economy at the same time, you know, a, aging population. So there's, you know, they've got other, you know, headwinds, highly, you know, high regulatory cost, obviously. Uh, and so, you know, you know inflation there, and, and I believe their, their, uh, their utility prices are kind of, you know, more easily passed on to the consumer than they are, say, here in the States. Um, so it's a... Uh, Certainly, they've got, you know, especially I think when I was looking at where the FTSE was compared to, you know, uh, where their economy and inflation is at the moment, it just almost didn't, uh, didn't, didn't, didn't really compute or make a bunch no, of sense. Kind of weird. The FTSE, well, the UK has been hitting new high there, Mark. Right. Yeah, that's where I'm like, yep, okay, exactly. put two and two together. It doesn't com- really compute. To, yes. Okay, now, uh, Lael Brainerd leaves for the Fed. Now, why is that important? She's number two. She's she's probably the most dovish member of the Fed. She is pretty dovish. She is a, she is certainly a dovish. So maybe we don't know who will replace her, but we may get someone even more dovish, or we could get a hawk like Cash Carry or somebody like that. So you know, I mean, we will see. There is an opening now. Uh, she's going to be uh, moving uh, to. Uh, she's going to have a big say on the U.S. economy. She'll coordinate economic council or something. Yes. Economic policy making across the executive branch amid a battle over the debt ceiling. And uh, a lot of people are saying that she's probably next in line to replace the Powell uh, when he uh, when his term is over. Okay, here's I like this one. Philly Fed, the Philly Fed. They may have lost the Super Bowl, but they got a good uh, person there in Harker. Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker said yesterday that the Federal Reserve is likely close to pausing rate hikes. Well, that's the camp we're in, and we've been in it since uh, late November. I started seeing out into the future saying, you know what? We can now see beyond those rate hikes, we're going to return to growth stocks in 2023, or the market is, and it certainly has happened that way. Uh, Harker says rates are now at a level that allow us to slow down and proceed cautiously. God bless Harker. That's what I'm counting on here. Uh, <laughs> he also said that today's CPI data shows that inflation is decelerating slowly. Okay. Oh, inflation is decelerating slowly. Okay, now, <clears throat> the semiconductors. Oh, man, they've been hot. Yeah, look uh, at year to date. It's woo! Like a- and we got back in. Uh, NVIDIA and AMD are our two favorites, uh, and ASML. Those are our three favorites. One of them is under a little pressure to date, though, and one that we own, Taiwan. And here's the problem. <clears throat> there really isn't a problem. The only problem is Warren Buffett trimmed his stake by 86%, basically unloading his position uh, in Taiwan Semiconductor. Does that change the fundamentals of the company? No. We have very strong uh, forecasts for Taiwan Semiconductor. Uh, 
We're looking for 23% growth in earnings this year, 23% growth in earnings. And that you put that up against a P.E. ratio of just 15, and the company's been growing by 25% over the last five years. That's the average. Uh, they're expected to continue to grow uh, somewhere in the 20% area. Uh, we have a five-year target price on TSM, which is 93% higher. 93% higher than where the stock is trading today. Uh, and that's uh, using a multiple somewhere in the 17 area. Somebody's got to build the chips, all right? You know, these other companies, AMD, NVIDIA, Qualcomm, they don't make the chips. Somebody's got to build the chips. And uh, yesterday I talked about Global Foundries, which is another very promising. That one went public here fairly recently. Uh, I really like Global Foundries, but Global Foundries is a long way of achieving what Taiwan Semiconductor has achieved. Taiwan Semiconductor is half a trillion dollars in market cap. Well, and they're, I mean, from a foundry standpoint, they're, you know, uh, they, they, they make, um, um, you know, uh, forget what the market share percentage of chips is, but it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, up there it's in the 80 or 90 percent, yeah. something right. like that. Now, yes, there is that risk. China, you know, continues to rattle their saber at Taiwan. Uh, at the same time, Taiwan Semiconductor is diversifying all over the world, uh, especially Building in Arizona. Here, right? Yeah, I was going to say Arizona or New Mexico. I think both of them have different chip uh, you know, chip companies uh, actually building uh, building foundries there. But yeah, that's it's something that, of course, you, you don't you don't build a chip uh, <laughs> chip chip factory overnight. But, no, uh, that's a uh, long but they have process. Been, yeah, and they've been diversifying outside of that and. Uh, and that's what you know. We always worry you know, in terms of things we think about because we have clients that ask about Taiwan Semi, for example. And you know, the way you control that is by you know, by the amount of exposure you have. If you only have four or five percent right of a position, uh, you know, initial position into it, well, you know, it's not uh, you know even if some you know crazy things happens where a stock goes to zero, you're not uh, you know you're you're not yeah. it's not the whole portfolio. But so. we still like. I would yeah. use this pullback in Taiwan TSM. Uh, to uh, to establish a position, I just think it's very well positioned over the long haul. Somebody has to make the chips, and they kind of have a corner on the market right now. Now, here's the really big news that I saw yesterday. You've heard my saga <clears throat> with an electric car, which is fine for driving around town, and you got a charger at home, beautiful, sweet, no problem. But you go on a trip to Orlando, okay, Florida, which is about eight hours for us, or uh, I just went to Columbia, South Carolina uh, last weekend, which is a, a two-hour drive. Really two at most, yeah. Well, the problem the is, if you get outside of city driving, if you don't have a charger, you're not, I would never get an electric car, ever, if I didn't have a charger uh, at home. Well, the Biden administration yesterday struck a deal with Tesla and others, okay, Here's the first thing they had to do. They had to come up with a, uh, a universal uh, a connection uh, because I have to buy an adapter uh, to use a Tesla chargers. I have a Mercedes uh, EV electrical vehicle. And uh, the Biden administration involved an, unveiled a new set of measures Wednesday designed to tackle a persistent problem. Boy, I'll say. There was not one charging station between, you know, Charleston, Mount Pleasant, where I live, and uh, the capital city of South Carolina, Columbia, 
not one charging station. Well, when we come back, who are the players? How much money is being spent? And how many charging stations are they shooting for? And where will they be located? Very important story. This is Bill Gunderson. It's the Best Stocks Now show. We'll be right back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Back here to the uh, second half of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show. If you miss the uh, live shows in the morning, we archive every show to uh, our website, GundersonCapital.com. You can, uh, the shows uh, are available on uh, Best Stocks Now app, uh, most of the uh, podcast sites. We have a lot of listeners to the podcast uh, all around the world. And just as I said, look at that, the uh, the NASDAQ and the tech stocks are coming back here. They look by far the best. They started to look good in late December, mid-December or so. Uh, they started off the year hot. The NASDAQ is, is, is running circles around the Dow right now. It just shows you that this favoritism, well, I mean, obviously, you want to own growth stocks. I mean, you own stocks that aren't growing, and where are you going to get capital appreciation from? But last year was not a good environment for growth stocks because you had a rising interest rate environment, which compressed the multiples, the P.E. ratios. And now that we can see beyond those rate hikes, you're seeing that P- those P.E. ratios get a little more comfortable once again with growth stocks, and, and that's where the action is again today. I'm seeing the healthy underbelly to the market today. Uh, despite a Dow down 111 and a NASDAQ, uh, well, NASDAQ's down just 20 now, so it's made quite a bit of comeback. Now, this EV thing, okay, this is big. Let, 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 let's start <clears throat> with, uh, okay, the goal is the Biden administration will oversee a network of 500,000 electric vehicle chargers by 2030. Well, you know, that's going to come pretty quickly. We're into well into 2023 already, and he wants 50% of all the cars in America to be electric. Now, here's, here's the kink in the whole thing that I see, uh, having had some experience here. Okay, who's coordinating this? White House Infrastructure Coordinator Mitch Landrew uh, from Louisiana, okay, he says that these new standards, okay, the standards are, you know, at one universal fitting. All right, so that's not really. You know, I heard somebody who's very tech savvy saying that he is turning that thing around like nobody's business. Twitter, okay, I don't know. I'm on it. I make several tweets. I've got over 8,000 followers on Twitter. I have over 50,000 followers on Stock StockTwits. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. 
I'm, you know, I don't know if it's, but this guy's tech savvy. He says he has done a remarkable turnaround uh, to the company. And in fact, Twitter is approaching profitability again. And I've, you know, I think he's going to do, I think he's going to bring it back public someday uh, when it's all cleaned up and it's profitable. He's probably going to make a pretty penny. You watch, the guy's not dumb. Chipotle is testing out a new <laughs> restaurant concept called Farmisa. I'm in. What okay. <laughs> Tell me what it is. I'm in. I don't know. I'm it like, sounds like to me, like. <laughs> Here, here's what I don't like already, all right? Oh, no. A limited menu of protein grain bowls. Okay. We have a place like this in Charleston that opened up. You know, it's a grain, it's a healthy, it's grain bowl. You know, <laughs> it's not going to work in South Carolina, I can tell you. They're testing that cauliflower sandwich here at uh, Chick-fil-A. We'll see how that goes, but uh, I'm not so wild about this uh, a grain bowl. It might work in California. I don't see it working <laughs> in Texas. Roblox, man, they, they had a knock-it-out-of-the-park uh, earnings report. I'm not a, uh, a an owner of Roblox. They have never made a nickel in earnings, but hands uh, that's a very good report. Okay, hats off to them. You know, another reason I think the market's down, bad report from Barclays. Wow, British big, that's their bank. Uh, that's their Bank of America. Barclays is down 9% today. That's when the future started going south last night when Barclays reported their earnings. Uh, now, here's a good one. I own a little Airbnb personally because I just think that the travel business is coming back. I was a little nervous buying it uh, in the ultra-growth portfolio. I should have. It's up 11.2% today. 11.2% today. What does that say? How strong is the consumer? Airbnb, that's not cheap. Okay, that's uh, a Disney cruise is not cheap. Uh, a Royal Caribbean cruise is not cheap. A stay at a Marriott over uh, uh, the weekend is not cheap. But these stocks are booming right now. Okay, a few other earnings here today. Suncor, that's an oil stock. That's one of the Canadian oil, uh, uh, oil sand stocks. I really like Suncor myself, S-U. Uh, that's that's at the opposite end of the spectrum from the EV. Okay, I mean this is where Neil Young hangs out and protests uh, up in Canada those oil sands. But at the same time, uh, these ships coming into the harbor, these trucks uh, bringing in the goods, the airports that people are traveling to their Airbnb destinations in, we don't have a substitute for that oil yet. Okay, what's moving today? Boy, under the surface, it's tech. This is Bill Gunderson. We'll be right back. Welcome back here to the uh, final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show. Well, what's dragging down the market? No question about it. It's the uh, oil and gas stocks, the energy stocks. And I'm thinking, Barry, that it may have something to do with this uh, big announcement on the charging stations. 
what kind of a bite will that take out? Of the, yeah, uh, it's kind of a it's a mixed bag. Yeah, because you've got you know on one side you had the um, of course the, the the International Energy Agency raising you know, demand or forecast right for for oil. I think like I said, five hundred. I think it was five hundred. Uh, I think it was half a million barrels a day, uh, which would be. All else being equal, right, would be good for demand, good for oil, uh, of course. And I think they're, I believe, inventory, also, I think, combination of those uh, charging story. And then I think inventories, you know, oil inventories came in uh, a bit uh, pretty high compared to what was expected. So I think that's also kind of weighing on the price of oil. And there's also been a this stubborn drop in uh, natural gas prices has also hurt so, for instance, Devon Energy is the biggest loser in the S&P 500. We don't own Devon Energy. We did it one time last year uh, when natural gas was going through the roof. Uh, Devon's down 10.9% today. Uh, Marathon is down 4.2%. Uh, EOG is down 4.1%. Occidental Petroleum down 3.4%. Apache down 32 Pioneer down 32 uh, So there's definitely a yeah. sell-off today. Looks like inventories came in fifteen. Talk, talk about a, a, a you know potential anomaly. It came in fifteen million barrels higher than uh, than expected. So yes, I, I wonder if that it, has to do with the petroleum reserve. Remember, you mentioned the story yesterday where they're going to start. That's right. Um, selling more from the petroleum reserve. Why that could? Well, I mean, yeah. Why if you've got sixteen point three million over what you expected in terms of inventory, right? I mean, that's too much inventory. Yes, that's too much. So that there's where the and there's also a little bit of weakness in the chip stocks today. But I mean that's to be that's going to happen from time to time. They've been pretty red hot. Nvidia is down two point eight. Micron's down two point four. AMD's down two point six. Check out Upstart today. Talk about a stock that's been you know hammered. And yeah. It's up, what twenty five percent or so today? Yes. And, and this is the math, by the way. It's when you, when you're down a hundred percent, right? You know, I mean, when you're down fifty percent, you got to get you. Know, be up 100% to get back to even and you know take a take a view of upstart and you know you got a stock that's up 25% today well it doesn't even it hardly moves the needle from where it was at you know 150 and um, probably you know. a lot of short interest too behind that yeah. another one one of our biggest winners of all time i discovered it well oh, maybe 3 years ago the trade desk ttd oh yeah they blew out they had a great report today i i was i was actually updating my uh my valuation on the trade desk and kind of putting it under the microscope yesterday. And I was saying to myself, you know, this thing looks good again. What they do, <clears throat> digital ads are not are not cheap. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, uh, big companies, they buy up a lot of the prime time digital ads that run, you know, like whatever, you know, the 9 in the morning, 8 in the morning when people are reading online and whatnot. Those ads are costly. And putting them on certain websites... It's costly at certain times too. Yeah, certain times of the day. There's you know just like just like uh, TV advertising. But the trade desk buys like uh, inventory that uh, kind of like Priceline.com used to do, and then they sell it at a big discount rate. It was a great model, and uh, digital advertising is still. I mean, I get digital ads all day long, obviously. Uh, my charts don't have digital ads, so that saves me there. But the trade desk is up 25% today, TTD. Uh, the Dow, what's dragging down the Dow? Well, nothing really. I mean, Walgreens, I'm not a fan of Walgreens. There's too much competition in that business. There are too many of them. 
Chevron's down 2%. Microsoft, little profit-taking. Microsoft got a little overheated uh, on all that AI hype. You're saying you couldn't get... You're on a waiting list for. So yeah, when you when you go to Bing, you yes. get, and you got to go through. Obviously, you've got to go through the Edge uh, or you know, Microsoft Edge okay. browser. Yeah, uh, and you know, it took me takes me right to the kind of the Bing Bing screen and talks yep. about chat and what's changed at Bing, and then you can over to the left, you can actually sign up for a, a waiting. You actually have to sign up for the waiting list. What they don't want to do, and I've seen this um, happen recently, is it took. You know, some of the things where it takes a while sometimes, say, for Bing to spit back, uh, you know, say, a search via GPT yeah. chat, uh, just because it's it's having to calculate so many things in the background. Essentially, wow. the website can't take that much traffic at the moment. So whenever there's imagine. a lot of traffic, you, it may take a minute, right, to get back a, a, a very concise. You know, once you get it back, yes. you're going to be like, oh, that's a great answer. It should have took you a minute, right? Yeah. But, uh, but that's, the, that's kind of the piece that i've heard is probably the most frustrating is it takes a while right to get back the answer so you can't use it yet i can't personally no i haven't oh. been able to use the bing search but i am on the wait list so we'll see what we'll hmm. see what happens okay now the only other thing i see the other stock that i was really honed in on yesterday and man i came with it would have been the next one i would have bought and i thought you know i'm just gonna wait a few days uh, I really liked analog devices, which is another chip stock, ADI. Uh, that's the analog chips. Man, they had a blowout report. Uh, you know, I, I have a list of stocks I missed. <laughs> Very close to coming to buying them. And then they just took off. Well, analog just absolutely blasted off today. But I did my work on it yesterday and narrowed it down as my top pick, next in line to be bought. I had 91.3% upside potential, and it's a dividend pair. I was going to buy it in the dividend account. Uh, the dividend is 1.6%. But, uh, you know, for one reason or another, I decided, yeah, I'm going to wait a few days, watch it. Bam! Uh, earnings report yesterday, it's up 5.83% today. That's the biggest winner on the NASDAQ today. And those bruises on my leg are from me kicking myself. And then over at the S&P... Eh, you know, the two biggest winners are cement stocks. Cement. <laughs> MLM, Martin Marietta. They got, well, cement. they got cement in the NASDAQ? A lot of <laughs> aggregate. That's actually on the S&P. Oh, okay. So, and then the other one is Vulcan. You know, you're driving along the highway and there's this big thing and rocks and they're crushing rocks and dirt is flying. Vulcan is just absolutely blasting off. It also is asphalt, which we could use a little bit here on our roads. I noticed the road to uh, Columbia. You know, South Carolina does not have the best roads. A lot of potholes. Who do I write, the governor or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley? <laughs> all I'm, of them. I'm kind of upset with the potholes. All right, well, there's a little bit of a pothole in the market today. I wouldn't get too excited about it. I think we're still in good shape. Uh, get the newsletter, see what our target price is, see our favorite stocks now. Go to GundersonCapital.com. If you'd like to uh, talk about your portfolio, call us. Set up an appointment at 855-611-BEST. 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. 
All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.